Hello, this is Shane. And I'm Ernie. And welcome to The Naked Economy. I was half expecting you to like say The Naked Economy with me, you know, so it's like we practiced this thing. Hi, I'm Shane. We'll practice that offline. Okay, cool. <laughs> let's, let's do that for next episode. <laughs> well, we're back with The Naked Economy and I've got quite an interesting story. But I must say, like, what I'm really enjoying about this series is discovering people that have an idea and run with the idea. I know that you've got a dark past. My dark past is the advertising industry. And the thing that was kind of challenging for me about the ad industry was, you know, a lot of what we did as creatives was sit around coming up with ideas. But the ideas there felt a little bit, they almost feel like disposable. You know, you come up with an idea, you think it's really great, client doesn't like it. And so that idea just disappears. You know, but what I'm loving about the naked economy is we, we're sort of discovering people that are having an idea, like a really, really important idea that relates to their life. So in a way, they're coming up with an idea that only they can come up with, you know, because they're solving a very specific problem for themselves and their specific skill set contributes to this solution that, or this idea that only they could come up with at this point in time. And these ideas don't feel disposable and the people having them don't feel disposable at all. These ideas to me feel really important. And I love meeting these people that when you sort of start talking to them and the way they talk about their idea, you just get a sense that this person is doing exactly what they meant to be doing at this point in time. And it's cool that it could refer to businesses that are multi-billion dollar businesses already, or it could refer to someone that's just thinking about this, but feels so strongly about this business idea and what it means to their life and how they think it will have an impact. It could be at different levels of, of sort of maturity. Absolutely. I mean, the very basic starting point is always solving a problem, right? And I think if you're solving a problem in your own life, it must click at some point that other people are having the same problem. And I think that's as life gets more complicated, our problems get more complicated. But also as tech gets more interesting, the solutions get more interesting, and isn't that what the naked economy is all about? Awesome. But I think you've won the prize now for the longest intro okay. without telling me <laughs> what this business is about. I'm keen. Right. Well, I'm going to keep you hanging on for a little bit longer because I've got a story today. It's about a guy, one of these stories where I feel like this guy is doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing. When I was at uh, Matwaleni Hospital, which is quite a deep rural hospital in the Eastern Cape, uh, it was an hour and a half round trip to fill up with petrol. Um, so it really was kind of out there. At medical school, it might scare you to know that I only had uh, two weeks training in eye care. So I didn't really know a lot about eye conditions. And a patient came with what looked like a serious condition. And I didn't really know what to do. This is back in 2004. And so I wrote him a letter and I said, please, please, please go to Mtata. There's an eye clinic there, and hopefully they can help you. And then I didn't see the gentleman again until uh, seven years later when I went back to volunteer as a specialist, and that same patient came to me with the same letter that I had written like seven years ago, and he had gone blind in that eye, and when I examined him, it was a simple condition, and we actually had the treatment he needed the first time I had seen him. I just didn't know and so like a simple piece of specialist information would have made a massive difference to that gentleman's life. And so as a rural health worker, often you just don't know enough. 
and I guess I wanted to solve that problem for myself. Well, this is Will. Will's an ophthalmologist, and if you don't know, I didn't know this, but that is a doctor that specializes in eye disorders. And Will knew from quite early on that he wanted to make a difference. This is quite a cliched thing for doctors to say, I think, but he wanted to make a difference. He comes from the Eastern Cape, and you know he wanted to make a difference in the Eastern Cape. And so he decided to go to medical school. I didn't get in the first time, um, but I kept on trying until I uh, got in. And then my family's from the Eastern Cape, and I was on a ward round, and a particular professor was quite angry, and he just suddenly declared that nothing good comes out of the Eastern Cape, uh, which I took quite personally. <laughs> and I wondered whether they'd ever heard of Nelson Mandela and you know, other people that have come from the Eastern Cape. So I was kind of determined to make a difference and prove that there, were, there was something good that comes out of the Eastern Cape medically anyway. And so whenever I had a chance to do an elective at medical school, I always went back to the Eastern Cape. So I worked in multiple hospitals in the province um, and was kind of determined to, to make a difference there. And then once I'd graduated, I uh, went to Madhuvalani Hospital with a couple of uh, colleagues and uh, we were determined to make a difference. And there had never been a community service doctor there before. So we were the first ones. Um, and we slowly managed to build it up into quite a good service. And we attracted it to be part of the teaching program for Stellenbosch and UCT uh, medical schools. Um, and it's grown and grown and grown since then. Um, and now you can even specialize in family medicine at the hospital. So it was quite nice to be involved in something in the Eastern Cape that's really kind of grown over time. So he graduated medical school, went back to the Eastern Cape, and like he always wanted to do, he made a difference. But uh, contrary to how easy he makes it sound, being a doctor in the rural Eastern Cape uh, isn't a walk in the park. So he at one point burnt out. He left medicine, stopped practicing altogether for over five years. And he actually moved to the States. And in the States, he worked for a company that was making healthcare apps. It was quite funny because at the stage, you know, in South Africa, we SMS all the time. It's like it's, it, was, it was normal from a long time ago. But in America, believe it or not, SMSing hadn't taken off like it had taken off here. So in a sense, I was hired as the SMS expert from Africa. And that sounds funny now, but at the time, SMS was seen as kind of revolutionary because you could suddenly do bulk messaging, and you can get in touch with people at various particular times of the day. So he spent a few years with this American company helping Americans lose weight and stop smoking. And it was exciting to be on the forefront of that kind of the healthcare tech wave. Um, remember, this is like back in the sort of mid-2000s, so it was very new. But it didn't feel like this was his calling. You know, this wasn't his passion. Um, he was passionate about Africa, its people. And so he moved back. And guess where he went? The Eastern Cape. You would think so, but no, Swaziland, actually. So Vula's named after the Royal Health Clinic, well, the only eye clinic in Swaziland. It's called the Vula Mershaw Eye Clinic, which means open your eyes. And it was there that we were doing outreach and we were driving four hours at a time to see patients and to see if they needed to come to the eye clinic. And when we saw that the rural health workers actually had better phones than us, uh, we realized that a simpler solution would be for them to do vision tests, send photographs through, and then we can make a decision quickly without having to do all the, the driving. So he came back, went to Swaziland, and he made an app. Um, and just as you heard, it's called Vula. And in the beginning, it was used to uh, connect 
rural health workers and ophthalmologists without the four-hour drive. The app guides health care workers through the eye test process, helps them submit like photos that they get to send to the specialist. And it's like a little chat forum, you know, so like the health worker and the specialists sort of are able to sort of talk about the photos quickly and the specialist can give insights like instantly um, recommend the next step. This was a process in the past was taking hours, days and the story up front seven years. And now it was being done in minutes. Just a quick shout out for this episode being made possible by Naked Insurance. As with all the entrepreneurs featured on this show, Naked Insurance has found a better way to do car insurance. Transparent, no BS, no tricks or hidden fees, just easy to use, and of course, made with love. But just as importantly, the technology it's built on allows you to do everything instantly. No need to ever speak to a call center. You can get a final car insurance price in 90 seconds. And if you like it, pay and start cover. We will even call your old insurer to cancel on your behalf. And on the days that you're not driving, you press one button on the app to pause the accident portion of your premium. And you get up to 50% back. And because Naked is a legit business, I have to add the official stuff. Naked is an independent, authorized FSP. But for extra protection and to make sure we can pay the $5 million when you drive into a Ferrari, we are guaranteed or underwritten by Hollowed Insurance, which of course is also an authorized FSP and registered insurer. It really is super easy and quick to get a new generation of ethical, full comprehensive car insurance. I'm super proud of it, so go give it a try. Okay, back to the story. That wasn't smooth sailing from the beginning. Uh, like anyone that's ever worked in a startup, Ernie, <laughs> uh, Will and his wife made some sacrifices, but they got through the challenging early stages. And it's not easy because, I mean, like last year, I could have been earning money as a private ophthalmologist, but we really decided to give this a really good go. And uh, my wife had a very, very nice mini, which we ended up selling to pay rent. So as a couple, we've been through some tough times, um, but it's nice to be able to say that we, you know, we're through that now, um, and she's got a car again, and we can drive around. So I think, although people often like to talk about the successes in these stories, and you know, it's doing so well, and there's a lot of tough times that we've been through just to get here. So it's also nice to have people to work with, whereas last year it got very, very lonely. You're trying to do everything on your own. Yeah, in the early days of the business, kind of to pay the bills, their game plan was to enter competitions. For the first three years, I'm not a business trained person, but working in the Department of Health and for NGOs, I got used to filling in forms. So we used to just fill in as many forms as we could for competitions. And for the first three years, as long as we won one competition a year, uh, we would survive. And although that worked for a while, it wasn't exactly a sustainable business model. So, Vula's come a long way since then. It's taken a few years, but they've expanded beyond ophthalmology. They now service 20 more specialities, including burns, cardiology, dermatology, ENT, HIV, and orthopedics. And in February of this year, they had their 100,000th referral. So, if you can imagine how much time they've saved people and how many kilometers and hours of driving they've saved these people in the rural areas then that's quite an impressive number. And, and so do I, do I understand yeah. correctly that, mm. I mean, each user 
doesn't have to have access to the app or each person that gets treated doesn't have to have, there only needs to be one doctor or local person with access to the app in order to take the photos or to describe the symptoms or whatever. Yeah, so it's like the clinic worker, the, the kind of, I guess, the nurse at the local clinic will have like a smartphone with the app and say they want to, someone's got a problem with their eye. The app's got a process that guides this person through taking specific photos of the eye and describing the problems and, and that. That gets sent straight to the specialist. And that process in the past used to be like phone calls, driving around, sending letters, maybe emails, but now it's done almost like in a WhatsApp type of forum. So it's not like as a patient, I need the app. No, mm. it's like mm. the specialist has got it and the, um, the clinic worker has got it. So obviously they've turned this into a business now. They're not just doing this for charity. Like practically, are they running a business? What is it? How does it look like in practice? Yeah, so that's always my question with these things because to me, we're not sitting here profiling charities, right? We're finding people that have had a business idea to solve a problem. And the longevity comes in the fact that it's a business. It's not a charity. And yeah, they've got tons of ways that they're sort of commercializing it and getting buy-in from government. And even internationally, there's a lot of interest. And the other thing we've got for the private guys now, which I think is quite interesting, is a, a membership where they can access all journals. Um, and this is a partnership with the Royal Society of Medicine, which we put in place because many of the medical libraries have decreased the number of journals that they offer. And this is a way of a doctor or a nurse or any health practitioner accessing virtually every single journal online and a simple portal. So we're trying to charge for that membership or get it sponsored. So if you asked what a big company could do, if they really wanted to help healthcare, they could fund these memberships for healthcare workers in South Africa, which means that everyone would have access to the best possible academic information. So again, going back in time, me as a rural doctor would have actually had a lot of information on hand as opposed to just two weeks of medical school on IK. The thing that's really exciting about this is what's coming up next. You can take a picture of an x-ray and the app gives you a percentage chance of that x-ray having tuberculosis, uh, which is a major problem in our country. And then the next level is like, what happens once you get to the specialist? And so we're going to add on a hospital service system. And currently it's mostly used in the public sector. Uh, so we need to start involving the private sector. So that's another way that we need to, to grow. And then we've got uh, letters from 16 other countries asking to use ruler from Denmark, New Zealand to multiple countries in Africa, Philippines, Cambodia. And we don't have the capacity yet to grow outside our borders, but we'd love to be able to offer it uh, in the future. So again, like what I really love about this is here's a man, he's had an idea based on a very specific problem and he's built the solution for that. But to me, when these things start getting really interesting is when the idea takes on a life of its own and you start understanding that the effect of this is beyond just the convenience of an app. Sister Elise Montonison, who works at Fredendal, it's about five hours north of Cape Town. She used Ruler for a couple of years and then she stopped referring. So we thought that she had moved on. But when we called her, she said, no, she's still here, but she knows what to do now. And then she raised money from the Department of Health. She built an eye clinic there. She takes referrals from her area. 
And then now a specialist goes to her once a month to operate for her. So it's kind of really put the health service where it should be using data and case-by-case training. And that's something that really appeals to me because going back in time, I wish I'd had that as a rural doctor where I would have learned case-by-case and been able to help more people and felt supported rather than just getting burnt out. So she's actually learned by using this app. Amazing. She's like using the app, having more contact with the specialist. She's learned more about actually what she's doing, how to help patients better, more efficiently. And she's pushed that to a point where she's opened a clinic. And that to me is, you know, when these ideas take on a life of its own and the, the idea itself becomes a starting point for just lives changing, right? Yeah, I think whenever we're talking about a tech business, the question is almost always going to be what are they busy with and what do they have planned because things change so quickly. And so the ability to do even more things that a year or two ago you couldn't have imagined being possible with the tech at that time, that's what gets me excited. But most importantly, in the case of this app, it is about making an impact on the lives of real people. This guy doesn't want to just make money by having this app rolled out to as many people as possible. He really gets excited by the one case that gets solved better because of access to his app. Absolutely, yeah. He said this a bunch of times, but he said out to make a difference and definitely feels like he's doing that. So can we check the boxes for the naked economy? First one being solving a problem make finding a better way than how things used to be done if you compare the, the 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 guy he saw seven years later that's now blind in that eye compared to the solution that he's built he certainly found a better way made with love he's Absolutely. sincere he's sincere he's an authentic guy and he gave up like a big cushy job in silicon valley to come back and to the eastern cave <laughs> it's close enough yeah <laughs> and then of course they use good tech they powered by tech, absolutely. Yeah, they recognize yeah. the times we live in, and when you use the tools and, you, and you're building software using the latest tech, then you can do amazing things. So we've got three for three on Vula Mobile. Well, I think we can then say welcome to the Naked Economy. Welcome. Thanks again for this episode being made possible by Naked Insurance. You can get a final car insurance price in 90 seconds, and if you like it, switch immediately. It really is super easy, and I'm very proud of it. Go give it a try.